Hello, and welcome to another Decade in Review podcast. I'm your host, LB, and joining me as always is CT. Hey there, folks. So we've done, what, one or two of these now, so we're on to the third year, which is 2012. Uh, there were a lot of good anime that came out this year. We're going to talk about them in depth in just a little bit, but when I was putting together my notes and my list for this year, I was really surprised at how many series came out this year that I remember just absolutely loving. Yes. Uh, I mean, if you were to hold me up to a fire and, uh, choose a particular year which I would rate best, this would probably end up being that for me out of all of the uh, years that I've been in the uh, weeb zone, as it were. Uh, I haven't counted them all up, of course, but uh, I have a ludicrous number of honorable mentions and... uh, uh, this is even including stuff that's still running in 2012 that I'm not going to consider. Uh, so, because, <laughs> hey, we had Furu last year and it's still running. So, yeah, it, it's, it's pretty good. So, in 2012, looking back on that year, that year was the year I believe I moved to Seattle. I was still working way too many hours for not enough money for a certain website. This was the year that I got to fly down to Los Angeles for my first and only anime expo, though. I remember this very distinctly because I went specifically because I wanted to see Yuki Kaijura in concert, and I (laughs) did, and I still consider it one of the highlights of my life. But yeah, I mean, other than that, news-wise and event-wise, there wasn't a whole lot going on in 2012. Was there anything going on for you back then that you recall? Uh, nothing I recall specifically. With you mentioning the con, I'm like, oh, who, uh, who was the musical act at uh, Otakon that year? And I don't entirely recall looking at the uh the quick guest list i don't uh think there was any that i uh i was on top of that year so uh i mean just that in the usual scene the main thing about you know this again is uh the the whole streaming and seasonal existence started being an actual thing so i think this the main marking of 2012 was really a a large upturn in the amount that I was watching at that point and able to watch legally. So, so all right, since there were a whole lot of news stories to really talk about, we're going to kind of skip that and go straight into our honorable mentions. You mentioned that you have a ludicrous amount of honorable mentions. I have more than a few myself. So let's go ahead. Let's start with yours. What are your honorable mentions for 2012? This is not even, uh, don't, by the way, in uh, the, the Discord, don't look at uh, what I'm planting there. It should be a spoiler tagged. You can uh, check it. Okay. Out. But uh, <laughs> the, 
this is not including anything that I'm guessing that you're going to have on your list that I just uh, spoiler tagged in chat. So, uh, uh, and it, there are frankly things on this list that if I were just doing a favorites list, like my absolute favorite anime running in 2012, there are things in here that would have made it. But there were basically three of my choices that had to be for me. So this was the hardest selection I think I've had because I was trying to figure out how to widen my list a little bit in an interesting way that didn't make it quite so uh, clustered in one particular direction. Uh, so let me let me let me go hit it. Let's see. One of them that I'll start with was a uh, wacky little short. I did not get around to it until uh, much later, and I'm mentioning it because I'm very much enjoying the new work from this particular manga author, which is Olympia Kiklos. But in 2012, there is a little uh, Roman bathhouse uh, crazy humor uh, series called Therma Roma. Which, uh, <laughs> you really have to just watch these to, to believe them, but they all have to do with, uh, uh, you know, a person from ancient Rome, uh, in this case, uh, uh, who uh, discovers an uh, underground, a hidden spa, which transports him to a modern Japanese bathhouse. And every episode, there aren't too many, but every episode involves something coming up. And uh, Lucius transporting to modern times to uh, learn things about modern Japan to take back with him to ancient Rome. And it's the juxtaposition of the ancient and the modern that's a particular form of uh, jovial humor that uh, I think is even better represented right now in uh, Olympia Kiklos, which is still streaming and everyone should watch. Did we want to pause between them for comments or should I just burn through my list and then you'll uh, bring up any anything you want out of them? Uh, go ahead and burn through your list. If I need to interject, I will find a way to do so. Okay. Uh, another one I won't chat about too much, just uh, make a, a comment. This is more of a manga override, but the anime is very good and people should pursue it. Uh, Mysterious Girlfriend X. Really? Which has a very weird premise, <laughs> but in the end, I think it's one of those things that's such a weird start that represents a romance in uh, a, an interesting and weirdly realistic fashion that's very uh, uh, heartwarming by the end of it. Uh, I don't know, because I haven't watched the anime, I don't know if the anime covers the whole run of it or if it does anything original. So this is more of a watch it anyway, but uh, I really, really enjoyed the manga. That sounds surprising to you. Did you want to uh, interject with that? I remember watching the first couple of episodes of that anime and just not being able to get past the premise. <laughs> it It is hard. For anyone who doesn't know, it's uh, about a, a boy finding himself addicted to a mysterious classmate's drool. Uh, 
he accidentally tastes her drool and uh, becomes addicted to it. So they develop a pattern where she has to keep him calmed by feeding him some every day. And that's what I meant by weird premise. You, it, you have to, obviously, you have to be able to get through that first. And uh, you have to get over kind of the beginning hump, but uh, it actually settles in and does a lot of things very interestingly. I'm going to toss out a series called Another, which is an interesting... This one, uh, you know, my PA Works whoredom uh, is known at this point. Uh, it's an interesting horror overall, but the particular connection I have with this is actually because I believe it was the first podcast of Expanding Horizons that you shared with someone else back in the day. So uh, it stuck with me a little bit more due to the podcast connection with you and uh, what we're continuing these days. So um, I'll give a short shout out because Folktales from Japan started in 2012. I believe it's still running at this point. It has a ludicrous amount of episodes. It is not a very well-produced thing. It's kind of a, uh, it's more of a cardboard cutout sort of uh, anime. So the production quality is low, but it basically has two to three folk tales in every episode. And from a societal exploration kind of thing, I just think it's interesting. I've never, uh, you know, read the entire thing. Read? What the hell am I doing? Oh, I've never watched all of the episodes, but I do delve in and out periodically when I simply want some uh, Japanese folklore. So, uh, what else? A recent one I got back to, because the license for streaming used to be around and then it got lost. Uh, but I love the author's recent work uh, that got just got animated last season of Kakushi Goto. Uh, so the one that was in 2012 is Joshiraku, which is a uh, cute girls doing cute Rakugo, just oddball, you know, comedy uh, uh, thing. It, it's very punny, very weird. Uh, the author is extremely offbeat in a way that I like a lot. The anime for this next one didn't start in 2012, but the first anime that I watched of it was, and then I would pursue it later on. Uh, like I said, 2012 was when it started being able to watch more th things. I don't think I watched this in 2012, but I did, uh, uh, what is it, uh, uh, get around to it fairly early, and that was Saki Side A. And I did not know that there was a Saki prior to it. I usually watch things in definitive order, but the way that I watched this was I watched Side A, and I was enjoying it, and then they go very quickly unnaturally quickly to uh, the Nationals, effectively, and uh, run across a character uh, uh, called Saki at this point. Uh, but th there's a demonic approach to it. And then I'm like, oh, I think I'm missing something. <laughs> and then I went, I wrapped back around and watched the original and then watched the rest of Side A 
but uh, I feel weirdly connected to it just due to the uh, nature of my approach to it. And frankly, I still enjoy the characters and, and overall story from side A, I think, better than uh, the rest of them. Although President is best girl. Uh, where do we go? I don't... These next two, I kind of don't like putting in honorable mentions, but uh, I'll, I'll just uh, bring up uh, the woman called Fujiko Mine. And uh, I don't understand how Sayo Yamamoto doesn't do more anime. It really feels like there has to be a whole lot more for her to do out there. But uh, uh, that one as well, I came to Lupin kind of in reverse because... I watched a few episodes back in the day, but I never really cared for Lupin. And then I watched part five just to see what modern Lupin would be like and enjoyed it a lot. And then went backwards through Woman Called Fujiko Mine and then part four. I don't think I'm going further back, but uh, <laughs> but I, I definitely enjoyed this a lot. It's tremendously artistic. Uh, uh, and it certainly adds a whole lot to her character that she does not get in the mainline Lupin stuff. And uh, the most unbelievable one for me to only give an honorable mention to is Hyoka. Uh, another series, I did not get to it uh, until fairly recently, but it's... Kyoto animation, it's uh, exactly the kind of weird slice of lifeism that uh, I love chewing on. The, the characters are great, the situations are great. It, it introduced me to a uh, particular YouTuber who basically his bread and butter was Hyoka analysis videos. So uh, <laughs> I, I watched through them and then I sort of double watched the show on top of. Uh, his YouTube videos about it. Uh, uh, it is very, very pretty. <laughs> but I already mentioned Kyoto Animation, so that it seems repetitive. <laughs> so, yeah, that'll, that, that'll be me uh, burning, burning through as many of them as I can. And if uh, there's any that you want to comment about before we move through yours... Uh, I have four that I want to mention. One of them you are probably going to string me up for, but that's okay. So my four that I want to bring up, and I'm just going to burn through them really fast. If you need to interject, just, you know, let me know. Mm -hmm. uh, but my first one is that I want to bring up is High Altitude Combat Butler Season 3. I bring this one up specifically because this was the season where I stopped caring about High Altitude, uh, because <laughs> they started introducing characters that you would only know if you had read all, you know, 200-something chapters of the manga. Which confused the hell out of me. Oh my god, it was so... And it was so annoying, because I loved this show through the first two seasons and the movie. But then season three popped up, and yeah, I just... I tried. I tried so hard and failed. <laughs> well, considering the next season is called cuties i'm not sure you missed yeah out. i tried watching that one too but 
<laughs> I, yeah, I was even more confused by the time I got to that one. So the next series I want to bring up is probably one of the most bizarre series of 2012. And I'm actually kind of surprised that you didn't bring it up. Uh, the reason why it's only on my honorable mentions is because I don't remember a whole lot about it. I remember the first episode, but beyond that, I don't remember a terribly large amount about it. I just remember how weird it was, and that would be Humanity Has Declined. Uh -huh. okay. If you've never watched Humanity Has Declined and you're unsure on if it will be appropriate for you and your tastes, go to YouTube and Google Humanity Has Declined bread scene. <laughs> do that watch Sounds that good. and you'll have a very good idea of what this series is like and if you can't handle that bread scene don't even try watching the rest of the series i did not bring it up because that is on my pile of shame for a while yeah it's a good show but oh my goodness it is definitely one of the weirder ones for 2012, if not the weirdest one. Uh, and then the one I also want to bring up, Fujiko Mine. I'm not a huge Lupin fan. That's just the reason why it's on my honorable mentions. It's just because I'm not a huge fan of the franchise, but I really like Woman Called Fujiko Mine. I thought that it was incredibly artistic and just... It's probably, I think, the only full Lupin series that I've actually watched, which probably says something about me. I think, especially if you didn't give the modern ones a shot, I think you could lean into part five and see whether or not the the modern take on a Lupin with actual sort of season-long structure uh, uh, is more interesting on the whole. Right on. Yeah, I mean, one of these days I'm sure that I will give it a shot, but I'm just not sure when that's going to be. There's plenty of series on my pile of shame that I need to get through, so... Mm -hmm. uh, the last one that I want to bring up for my honorable mentions, and this is the one that you're probably going to string me up for, but that's fine. Uh, I'm not saying it's a bad series. I just have other series on my main list that I would rather talk about, and that would be Kids on the Slope. Okay. Uh, kid... That's fine. That, that was the one I thought we were going to cross over on the main list. So we might not cross over on it. Yeah. Uh, Kids on the Slope is a great jazz series. I love the music. I love the story. I love the characters. But like I said, there are just other series from this year that I would rather devote my main list to. If you've yep. never watched Kids on the Slope, I highly recommend it. It's very, very good. It just got stuck on my honorable mentions because there are other shows to, uh, that just overshadowed it this year so all right those are honorable mentions let's go ahead let's jump into our main list before we do that though uh we did put out the call on discord and twitter for people to submit their lists of favorite anime from 2012 and we actually got a response this time who would have thought uh, so just very quickly, there are, this person named off like a dozen series instead of just five, but. 
Yeah, I feel like Ray listed basically everything that he watched in 2012 uh, that he liked in any way. Yeah, so... <laughs> it's possible he watched literally everything, and those were the best, but that was a lot of 2012. So, yeah, so Ray Earth on Discord, if you're listening, he listed off another, Hioka, Dusk Maiden of Amnesia, Achikochi, SAO, Pet Girl Sakurasu, a few others that... I just don't have enough breath to list out. Oh, well, that's rude. Gotta gotta throw all of them. Uh, he he wasn't counting sequels, so no needs Monogatari or Yuri Yuri. Uh, honorable mention to High School DXD. Uh, Sak- Sid Sakurazo, but JoJo and Little Busters was on his list as well. Yeah, the, uh, which all of them are very good series. Can't fault him for his taste on any of those, except for maybe JoJo. Don't at me. <laughs> I mean, what? Uh, but yeah, so those that was the submission that we got this time around. If you want to hear your list read out whenever we do one of these Decade in a Review casts, please feel free to shout them out to us on Twitter or Discord, and we will read them. Let's get into our main list. So our top five, as usual, these are not in any particular order, nor are they particularly our favorites. They're just the ones that we feel we have the most to talk about with them. Uh, So let's go ahead. Let's start with your list. What is your first pick for 2012? Uh, I feel like a lot of this is hard because, uh, what is it? We did... We continued our favorites from A to Z prior to uh, deciding to continue the decade in review. So I I feel like I'm doing a little bit too much overlap with that list. But uh, I'm going to lead off with uh, my two uncontrollables, which are my number one uh, TV series and then my number one movie. They've both been mentioned a lot. So we will talk about them only as much as you actually want to talk about them and otherwise we can move along. My uh, first pick will go to uh, Space Brothers. Yeah, I mean, I had this one on my list, and then I realized you were going to bring it up anyway, so I took it off my list. Yeah, and we've talked about it quite a lot. We will probably talk about it a stupendous uh, uh, amount more in the future, Uh, so I'm not sure what what you want to do. I was kind of considering whether or not to delay uh, Space Brothers until they got to the, you know, the real dramatic uh, uh, arc on the, with Hibito on the moon. So, you know, in 2013 or 2014, uh, Whenever that happened, I guess that would happen. I looked it up. 2013, it would be 2013, because but... they got through the first 38 right. episodes in 2012, and then 2013 oh, okay. is Excellent. when things got really so dramatic. So this 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 has my favorite individual episode of all anime as well. Uh, in Dancing Astronaut, which I've mentioned on another cast, that's Sarika's backstory with her father, and it makes you cry from about five or ten different emotions during the course of the whole damn episode. Also, 2012, you know, it's just, it's starting the series, so feels more appropriate, and all 
of the uses of the uh, first OP Feel So Moon were from 2012, so it, it has to override. That's that's why I'm saying it. If whatever you want to continue talking about with or or ask me about Space Brothers, go for it. But otherwise, we can move along because uh, I, I just feel it needs mention, but I'm not sure how much you want to talk about it. Honestly, I mentioned this when we were talking privately a little bit ago. I think if we're going to gush about Space Brothers for this Decade in Review podcast, we might as well just get it out of the way now and then borrow it from ever appearing on the show again. Because uh, it runs for two years. It ran from 2012 to 2014. And I don't want to dedicate, you know, this is what happened in this year during the series. No, no, no. I, I'm without something fairly dramatic. I will probably not. I think there may be one special exemption. I don't think I'm going to repeat a, a series in multiple casts because that's Part of the reason I moved some of them around just to have different things to talk about. But uh, I just meant in general, because weren't we talking about having a specific podcast at some point just about Space Brothers? If so, all of what we do can uh, can happen there rather than uh, rather than here. This, uh, I guess, would be more about anything in 2012 of note for you. Okay, yeah, uh, I hear what you're saying. Let's save our big, long gushing for the specific podcast that we're going to do in the future. That's a little bit of backstage knowledge for everybody who's listening. Yes, we're (sighs) planning on doing this in the future, so look forward to it. I do want to briefly hit on this, just so everyone is aware. Space Brothers started airing in 2012. I believe it was spring 2012. Uh, April in particular, the first 38 episodes aired this year, and it instantly shot up the charts to become one of my all-time favorites. It's just an amazing show. Uh, like we I mentioned just a little bit ago, it ran for two years. We're going to gush about this for hours on end on a separate podcast later on. Uh, if you want to prepare for that, I suggest you start watching all 99 episodes now, uh, and then you can I th- be ready. I think I think the Gush cast, we are also going to continue into the manga. A special exemption for that series is uh, talking about the manga as well, so you can uh, consider that too. But I know I've mentioned it uh, as well, but just one final thing. This is one of the ones that I remember uh, you guys talking about on JTOR AM back in the day. So this would have been the first year that I heard you podcasting. And uh, fairly early on was hearing you guys talk about uh, Space Brothers Week to Week, which is what made me pick it up at that point. So It is so bizarre to me to think that you've been listening to me podcast for like eight years now that just blows my mind (laughs) yeah hey i'm i'm glad to help keep you on the air (laughs) so all right uh 
So, like I said, we're going to talk a lot about Space Brothers on a separate podcast in the future. Please look forward to that. Uh, but in the meantime, let's go ahead and jump into my first pick. The reason why this series is getting mentioned on my list is because of how often I was having to write about it when it was starting to air. Because this is the only sport series that I can think of that actually inspired its own terrorist. And that would be Kuroko's Basketball. For those of you who don't remember this story, this was a big story back in 2012 and 2013. Uh, Kuroko's Basketball, the manga, had been running for a few years. It got a anime adaptation starting in 2012. And soon afterward, uh, mysterious little packages of powder started appearing at locations that were important to both the series and the creator to the point where even Comicat barred Karako's basketball from appearing at their event for fear of public safety. So this was a big deal for a good couple of years when it started airing. And I remember writing just so many articles about this guy who were sending out these mysterious packages, which ended up being harmless, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember a lot of specifics because it was a very long time ago. Uh, let me... That's... that's odd it, it, it definitely got buried under certainly at the time i wasn't really paying attention to any news that didn't you know strike out particularly hard i'm a little shocked that i haven't really heard about this or not with any severity that i remember it was there ever revealed a reason why or how it linked to uh kuroko's or as when he was finally arrested in late 2013, uh, the story going around is that he was a failed manga artist who was jealous of the success that Kuroko's Basketball had obtained. The If you look it up on Wikipedia now, it says that the reason is unknown. But I remember back in the day when he was arrested... It was out of jealousy, is what the reported story was. That's a, I mean, <laughs> I mean that's a weird reason in general. Because why pick Kuroko's in Weekly Shonen Jump as opposed to every other more popular series in Weekly Shonen Jump, unless he was specifically an aspiring basketball uh, manga author. But it it doesn't sound like they uh, they tied anything super specifically with that but uh that that's definitely strange i'm i'm not getting the feeling that this though you know you said you had to write about it and you had a lot of articles about it so have you actually you know watched it or uh this is simply for the 2012-ness of it for you professionally uh I did watch it i enjoyed the first two seasons 20 
2015 is when is year when I lost track of it because I was busy moving into a new house and I just couldn't keep up with it weekly and I never went back to it. Uh, I did watch the first two seasons. I wrote about this guy pretty much every week because he was popping up everywhere sending threatening letters and leaving mysterious substances around pretty much every week uh so yeah so i was really neck deep in this story i was writing about it all the time encouraging people to watch kuroko's basketball simply for the reason because it would really cheese off the terrorist so yeah so that was where i was at in 2012 interesting so it's a uh it's kind of a uh uh, stamping your boot in time yeah pretty much it was just one of those little things that i remember i saw it i saw that the first season aired in 2012 and it just brought back the flood of memories from writing those articles just every week every couple of weeks something new happening and having to update the whole story all over again so i i have nothing in particular to say i it's not one that i've gone into there are potentially basketball themed ones that I might uh, actually invest in, but I don't think Harlem Beat ever got a, an anime and is probably unlikely to. Uh, so Kuroko is not, not one that I, uh, I leaned into. So I guess what we're learning here is that they should make Harlem Beat. So there we go. All right. So let's move along to our second choice. What is your number two series that you want to mention? Okay, again, I'm getting the obvious ones out. This is what I ended my A to Z list because we didn't end with Z. It is my only movie mention this uh, year, but it is my favorite movie. I don't want to say bar none, and honestly, it's going to fight with Perfect Blue for the end of, till the end of time for entirely different reasons, but this just strikes such a a personal chord with me, and that is uh, Wolf Children. Uh, And since I recently did talk about it a bit, I will leave it. I'm pretty sure you haven't watched it, but I guess I will leave it with, uh, you know, is there anything that you want to ask about uh, uh, in regards to it specifically, uh, or uh, Hosoda any any particular connections that that you want to do i can obviously talk about it in general but i could talk about it for far too long so uh this this is cutting it down a little but uh i don't know if there's any uh anything in particular you want to uh ask about uh not really because we you like you mentioned you have talked about it before rather recently on part two of the a to z podcast if you guys want to hear what he had to say about it feel free to go back and listen to that podcast we encourage it um (laughs) i feel it's cheating a little but uh in this case i'll i'll help move things along and uh, uh, promote the other cast, but uh, uh, what is it more? More to the point. Just honestly, it's just an experience you have to watch. 
Uh, I will mention that this is one of those things that uh, the soundtrack is solid overall, but a number of the uh, things are basically because it immediately connects me to particular scenes, especially one particular track, uh, which I think vies for most uplifting scene in any and all anime. And for those who've watched the movie, it is the scene after they get up and discover the first snow uh, for the season. So that will immediately bring it to mind. And for everyone else, I'm just going to say, you'll, you'll know what I mean. Right on. Uh, Wolf's Children <laughs> is on my pile of shame. I do need to watch it someday. I have it downstairs. I just have never put it into my player. One of these days I'm going to, I promise. Uh, just, you know, it hasn't been a priority. Let, let me know which of the uh, Expanding Horizons we can use where you're recommending like a, a two-core to me and I just throw a handful of movies okay. you, as opposed to a series. So what? what is your second mention? So my second mention is one of my all-time favorite shoujo series. Uh, it started airing this year. It got a second season a couple of years later. That would be Kamisama Kiss. Uh, Kamisama Kiss is a series that I absolutely adore. I think it's so just cute and adorable. One thing that amuses me about this series is how it shows people will go full circle sometimes, and I'm going to cite my wife as an example of this. Hmm. When this series first started airing, I remember watching it weekly at my computer on Funimation, uh, and I remember the opening theme song being so infectiously catchy that I would be sitting in my chair doing a little dance every time it came on. And my wife would look at me like I was absolutely insane and bonkers and that she didn't even know me. Fast forward eight <laughs> years, though, to 2020, and now whenever we watch this series, not only does my wife sing along to the theme song, but she does her own little dance. Excellent. Are they coordinated? Did you, uh, did you compose the, the dances, or you each have your own uh, happy we dance? We have our, our own each little happy dance that we do when the theme song comes on. I feel like you should choreograph a routine to this OP. <laughs> this uh, th this is one I believe you've said before that you basically rewatch with her at least once a year. At least, if not more than that. We have a list of like 25 right. series that we just kind of cycle through. <laughs> That's that. That's a lot of repeat watches. Yeah, we have watched this one probably half a dozen times, if not more. That is uh, definitely not one I have watched, but I have read it not all the way through, at least halfway through, and then I sort of got out of touch with it. But I certainly enjoyed what I read, and I'm sure I will get back to it and, and complete it at some yeah, point. Yeah, so the anime... Is... 
it's quality shoujo. The anime is really good shoujo. The art style is very good. The character designs are very pleasant to look at, and the story is just adorable. Uh, Nanami Tomoe, Nanami, the lead heroine, is just a really sweet, fun girl to cheer on. There are some problematic elements to the story, but <laughs> that's... You know, not they're not even worth mm. mentioning at this point. Uh, but yeah, it's a good shoujo. I highly recommend it. Where does it rank on your top shoujo compared to things like, say, Snow White uh, with red hair, fruits basket? Oh, I couldn't if, even. If you were to rank only shoujo, I could not even tell you. I would have to sit down with. A list and actually <laughs> do mental math and ranking and figure out which shoujo tops my list. I'm sure we'll have to do that at some point. So we shall move along. Move yeah, along. we shall. So what is your third choice? Okay, one of those that I feel is worth mentioning for a variety of reasons uh, that I left off Ray Earth's list because I didn't want a uh, preliminary, but uh, he mentioned it as well. It's one of those that just sold me on the ridiculous concept for two particular scenes during the first episode. It starts like a, a typical, you know, high school, uh, girls' high school thing. Uh, and by the end of it, they're going to be competing in one of the most ridiculous sports imaginable. And oh, by the way, they travel the world on a giant aircraft carrier. That's where their school campus is. Yes, it is the progenitor of cute girls doing cute tankery girls in pants. <laughs> uh, <laughs> overall, the series is such a weird delight that I will even overlook the janky CG because, you know, they that's the way their tanks got to be. An unfortunate reality of mechanized things in the modern era of uh, anime. But, uh, yeah, the, uh, the, the first core, I guess the first season was only one core. So uh, it started in fall of 2012. It's one of those first episodes that just always, you know, it, it, there are a few series where the first episode kind of sells me on the rest no matter what, or an early scene will sell me on it no matter what. I'm like, I don't care what else happens, I will put through to the end. But it's such a weirdly good time. <laughs> so... It has all of the normal tropey bits of, uh, you know, sort of high school slice of life stuff. You know, the uh, student council forcing characters to do things. Uh, the school has to pick up a sports thing and they inherit a few people who are, you know, royalty of the sport of tankery, which uh, is the most feminine sport of competitive tank warfare. Uh <laughs> So the the lens of of doing all of the normal stuff that you get out of a uh, uh, kind of a sportsy worst to first 
you know, the uh, uh, scrappy go-getters taking on the giant, well-funded uh, teams, having to save their school, uh, doing all of that stuff. There's not even a whole lot of this either, because it really had one core, then a number of OVAs here and there. And then this is one of those that went into the, okay, instead of doing uh, more series and more cores, we're just going to have a whole bunch of films. So they're, they've done two films out of, I believe, six planned. I might be off on that. And of course, with COVID considerations, I don't know what else may may have already come out that I don't know about. Uh, I've It's one of the few dubs I've watched in the theater. Uh, because it was mislabeled, but I just wanted to watch it in the theater anyway, so I put up with the dub, and uh, it was okay enough, although I hated the student council president so much. <clears throat> Anywho, uh, <laughs> I don't know how much or how little you have watched of this if you gave it a try and it just wasn't for you, but it's, uh, it's such a goof. Goofy good time. It has so many characters. It it makes me, you know, I mentioned Saki earlier as an honorable mention. It has very much the feel of Saki as far as uh, here's this school over here and this group of weird characters who are all cute in their own way. It has a huge amount of design between them from school uniforms to personalities to quirks. And in this case... Uh, instead of supernatural mahjong moves, they they have their tank foibles and uh, and other stuff going on, and it's uh, some of the most fun weird action that you're gonna get in in an anime series as well. I remember uh, I gave this series a chance when it first aired. I watched like the first episode and I didn't get into it. And then a few years later I tried again and I got through like three episodes and I just could not get into it no matter how hard I tried. Uh, normally, you know how much I love cute girls doing cute things series, but this one I just couldn't sink my teeth into. Is it one that you're pretty sure even if you give it another shot, it's not going to or do you think it was more of a at the time no but you know there are enough fans and you've seen enough other things that maybe it'll be interesting giving it a, a no i think this one is solidly in my dropped column alas and alack but uh that's fine it, it is the start of uh tankery royalty and i don't know where it's gonna end uh, but it'll be a weird time getting there. So I'm along for that. <laughs> so, all right, moving along to my third pick. This is one that I actually expected us to overlap on, and I'll be shocked if you end up not mentioning this, like, at all. Uh, and that would be the absolutely adorable and punny series, Polar Bear Cafe. I left it off my honorable mention list because it's on my guest list. Cool. So, yeah, so Polar Bear Cafe is a series that nobody expected to run for 50-something episodes. 
it was pro I was expecting it to run for 13 max and then it just kept going and going and going and not that I'm complaining because it was absolutely <laughs> hilarious it is such a good show and it absolutely kills me that no one has licensed it even for a subtitled release over here what do you mean no one has released it uh, on, on yeah this? no one has released it on home video in the west oh okay i'm like i'm pretty sure it's still streaming yeah, it's still so streaming it's on easy to find, but, but no one has released it on yeah home they, video. even just a subtitle i don't know if there's a problem with the, right i don't know if there's a problem with the license again let's uh send the call out for discotech to uh uh rescue this and hack even do uh They've been having a lot of fun doing their own dubs. This is definitely a, a worthwhile one for that. Yes, uh, this is a rollicking good time uh, and would certainly have been on my honorable mentions. Uh, like I said, the, there are basically only two positions allowed for uh, freeform other things. So uh, uh, the... This, if Hyoka didn't make the cut, this one also sadly would not make the cut. But uh, I, I do enjoy the whole damn run. Uh, and you're right; it, you wouldn't think that it would get four cores. You wouldn't think that they could keep playing the concept out long enough. You wouldn't think that I would actually be invested in, you know, the actual possibility of like those two crazy the only human kids around i'm like oh man you crazy kids just get together (laughs) (laughs) like i'm more invested in a romance off to the side between two characters in this just tremendously feel good uh thing i know this is weird uh jose i don't know what else the author has done uh, are you aware of any anything further? Have we gotten more anime from uh, from this author? Is that something we should look up real quick? Uh, I'm looking <laughs> at the Wikipedia page right now, and honestly, the author doesn't even have their own Wikipedia entry, so I yeah. have no idea on if anything else that they've done has become an anime. It looks like they haven't done anything else, frankly. Check other sites don't link to anything else, which is a damn shame. Because uh, that's just... Uh, it feels like the manga, you know, itself was kind of just there. Because it's showing five volumes over the course of, you know, 2006 to 2013. That can't be... F- 50 episodes worth of content <laughs> for something like this. So it feels like they're just, oh, okay, I'm I'm done be- being a mangaka. Uh, you guys have fun. Do more stuff with the with the anime. It's a, it's a fun time. I'm going to go become an attorney or, or something. I, I don't know. It makes me sad. The world needs more Polar Bear Cafe. That's... That's what it amounts to. Pretty much. Uh, Polar Bear Cafe, if you haven't watched it, you should. And if you need a reason why, I will give you one very good one, and that would be Mr. Penguin getting into an eight-way relationship with eight other lady penguins. 
<laughs> That's true. There is a, there is a harem arc. So yeah. So if you need any other reason other than that, there's also a ton of Japanese puns if you're a fan of those. Uh, but the primary story that I think is worth sitting through all 50-something episodes is Mr. Penguin getting confused and getting into a relationship with eight other penguins. Certainly the most fun time you're going to have with anthropomorphized animals. And cute as every Dickens. All of them. Not just the one. <laughs> all of them. So, alright, let's go ahead, let's move along. What is your number four series? Uh, I'm going to bring up something that I feel gets far too little love, and because technically I liked season one more, but season one is out of bounds because it was in 2007, but it came back and that was shocking in and of itself. It is an educational comedy about uh, microbiology, bacteria, microorganisms at an agricultural university. It is a very screwball sort of series called uh, Moyashimon, or Moyashimon is uh, how it usually gets translated out here. Uh... The characters are utterly charmingly quirky. The situations they get in are weird. It's uh, a delight to have, again, sort of a university uh, setting. And in this case, a very quirky sort of university. So I've, I feel like uh, I forget if I can bring, you know, Genshiken up in, in anywhere uh, when we're doing the, the yearly stuff. But it has a bit of a feel of that from the cast of characters and the things that go on. It has a one supernatural element to it, which is basically that our main character uh, comes from a bloodline that can essentially see and hear and interact with microorganisms. And so the reason that this is educational is because the situations they're getting into at an agricultural university involve things like miso brewing and other stuff, and our main character will see certain microbes that are bad microbes to have in this thing, and everyone panics and goes uh, off to the side. Uh, they're the cutest little mascot creature designs that you're apt to come across. His childhood... A uh, friend who uh, comes from a family of uh, sake brewers changes over time and sort of shows up and starts cross-dressing in the uh, uh, gothic Lolita fashion and has a, an interesting relationship that progresses with our main character, Sawaki. Uh, there is one tremendously uh, appealing uh postgraduate student who, if we ever start doing, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, certain other things for favorite uh, uh, waifu sorts, uh, would at least get an honorable mention uh, from me. Uh, there are definitely adult scenes that show up in here, but not in the way you're thinking about, just it, 
involves situations that are, you know, alcohol-related, sexy time adjacent while not being uh, specifically, you know, etchy or, or porny. Uh, the, there is a crazy face professor who I love who uh, himself is basically in love with fermenting things. It is such a screwball series... Uh, but it is utterly charming in the end, and uh, far too few people know about this, let alone have experienced it, so I want to give it a shout-out. I've heard about that series more than once. I've never actually sought it out, though. You should uh, at least look at some of the designs and other stuff and see if it has a, a cutesy direction there. Uh, the author is also the author of Maria the Virgin Witch, if you've seen that. Not that that has any relation to <laughs> Mayashimon, but in case it was something is like, oh, I really like that series, then it, uh, you know, draws a reverse connection. That is it. kind of a weird stretch to go from molecular biology to Maria the Virgin Witch. Yeah, a little bit, but obviously creators have a whole bunch of ideas. Uh, I forget if the manga ran straight through. I think it did. I think I think it got one anime at the beginning of the manga and then one anime towards the end of it. And they were, you know, a good five, six years apart. So uh, it was another one of those surprising that it came back and got another core of it. But... Uh, very much appreciated that it right did. On. So, alright, so for my number four series, I am going to go with an obvious choice. It is one of my all-time favorites. Uh, it's also one of the most divisive series to come out within the last decade. Uh, and that would be the first season of Sword Art Online. Well, I, I thought you might lead off with this just to get it out of the way. But uh, here we are towards the end, and SAO rears its SAO head. Yeah, I mean, you. anyone who knows me knows how much I love this franchise from beginning to end. Um, I've been a fan of it since episode one. Uh, when it first aired in the summer of 2012, I was looking forward to it long before... The long before the first episode even aired, I was watching promo videos. I was hooked once they told me that Yuki Kajura was going to compose the background music. I was all in on this series from the very start and have been ever since. Uh, there, there. Despite hiccups along the way, I will always defend the series as one of the best adventure series to come out over the last decade. I know that it has its detractors for whatever reason. <laughs> one, one, one or two. I'm sure there are no reasons. <laughs> it, uh, it, it is definitely a funny series along those lines. Uh, the, the bash lack, the backlash popularity effect 
I don't think has hit anything stronger than than SAO, certainly in modern times. Uh, and I think it's largely due to SAO and uh, to to a lesser degree Attack on Titan, which also has its own. Uh, but it feels like the the streaming era and specifically SAO and Attack on Titan as a big one two punch brought so many people into watching anime at that point. And uh, a lot of a lot of people really digging on it. And then shortly after, a lot of people, you know, finding it uh, uh, profitable and, uh, uh, you know, worth going back to these things and, and sort of the internet culture criticism community. I, I definitely have my issues with SAO. I enjoyed the, uh, the first arc. I did not enjoy the second arc. Which, which is pretty common to uh, to most people, was uh, enjoying uh, what is it? Uh, 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 you know the the beginning and the setup, and then not really uh, big on uh, Alfheim. But uh, I I feel like I'll have to give it at the very least an honorable mention uh, for whichever year has Mother's Rosario, because to me. My problems with SAO are largely in the setup turned into a world without stakes and consequences and without analysis. So as much as you got these interesting adventure thrusts in uh, uh, the, the other worlds, it felt like it wasn't exploring much until Mother's Rosario came around, and that's kind of what I wanted out of something like that. And admitted, admittedly, that's me wanting more out of something than it was uh, ever aiming for, but hey, that's, <laughs> that's the reasons I enjoy one thing or another. Uh, there's certainly plenty to talk about, though. That's for yeah. Sure. Like I said, sort of online. I have defended it since the beginning. I am a huge fan of the franchise. Uh, there, I've made no secret about that. I don't deny it. So you know, are are, are you up to date, or did you get out of it? Because it's still running right now, but I don't recall really seeing the usual suspects in the channel chatting about it. So I wasn't sure if it got away from you and or or if you're more of a, I'm going to wait for it to be off the air and then I'm going to uh, marathon. I am currently about 20 episodes into the third season. Uh, I found that the third season was very verbose and very difficult to wrap my head around with subtitles so I waited a full year for the dub to be released so yeah but I am currently in the middle of a marathon rewatch I have watched all of the first season over again I am about a few episodes into season two i plan on watching the movie and all of season three as soon as i possibly can uh because i'm going to be writing a retrospective about it uh and I, i'm approaching it from a different perspective so i wanted to 
get re-familiar and take some new notes. So yeah, I am currently in the middle of a marathon rewatch. You can follow my updates about it on Twitter if you really want to. <laughs> See, season two, I remember being one of those that uh, we were doing the, uh, it was one of my earliest crowd watch things, or at least among them. I had an early crowd, uh, obviously not on Discord back then, but we were abusing Slack as a private channel. We'd all just sort of get together at the same time and press play at the same time and uh, chat during the show uh, and watch during the show and then sit on the channel and chat about it afterward. And we'd have some, you know, normie stuff during and we'd have a little bit of snark during because that's what you do when you're watching something is most of the time you're snarking. Uh, uh, I'll know a zero, which we did later, would turn into basically uh, uh, a mystery uh, anime theater 3000 uh, thing with season two. <laughs> I, that was a little bit uh, what it was doing during uh, Gungale Online. Uh, but I remember largely me and one of the guys who had, he read the light novels. Uh, he's, you know, from Asia and lives in Asia. So he had a, not in Japan, but uh, he had access to the light novels early and to uh, either translations or he, he could read Japanese, I forget which. But uh, so he always flavored things by this was different in the light novel. So I was getting basically a live cast of kind of the differences from episode to episode because I'd be complaining about something and he would mention that it was simply something they didn't do in the anime. Uh, but I definitely got in the longest arguments with him about one thing or another because I felt he kept trying to forgive the the show for certain boners it was doing at the time. <laughs> and I think part of that was because he had, you know, he, he enjoyed the story and he had more of it and a repeat viewing uh, or repeat uh, reading approach to it. So, uh, but uh, they, they were definitely some of the more interesting arguments. My, my best time with that was, uh, was doing uh, ReZero Season 1 with folks because we would just tear apart each episode and and look for details and rewatch, and someone would mention something and we'd correct each other, we'd pour in. Uh, we did the same thing with Erased from episode to episode. So it was always compelling and interesting and argumentative, even if we were busy complaining about a bunch <laughs> of stuff. I feel, like, I feel like that same guy was just a contrarian because he kept... <laughs> defending old Noah Zero the same damn way for every stupid thing it would which uh, it, it's weird to think back fondly about times like that but uh, so yeah at the, at the time it was I think I only watched season one of uh, Sword Art Online shortly before season two was coming back because I wanted to catch up so we could watch it but uh but uh, definitely it's interesting. I, I got out of it somewhere in in Alice because I was trying to watch with people and they stopped watching and I just, it got too far away from me. So I'm not sure if I'm going to pick it up. But uh, 
I feel like I should at least try more of it to see whether or not I am, uh, I'll enjoy enough about that. Because, uh, like I said, Mother's Rosario, which is future years, ends up redeeming it to a degree, but that doesn't mean it holds. So, we'll see. <laughs> anyway, SAO, I'm pretty sure everyone has their opinions about it already for. Yeah, so we've. <clears throat> talked about it for the last few minutes. I think we can move along to our final choices. Uh, so, what is your last pick for your list? Uh, the last pick for my list was your last honorable mention, and my third unavoidable, I just feel like talking about it more, and that is Kids on the Slope. I th I'm pretty sure that I... Uh, mentioned this in our A to Z as I well because did, yeah. it, it's it's real goddamn high for me <laughs> on the list. But uh, yes, I've read the author's other works as well and they're all, you know, various degrees of of charming romances of one uh, way or another. Uh, this one in particular for the same reasons that I, I like... Uh, things like uh, Rakugo and other series where you're getting something that's out of time and part of it is sort of adapting to the representation of a time period you're not familiar with because you didn't live through it and in a country you're not familiar with. So seeing uh, things like they would get to with, uh, with certain characters who go on to university and their student riots back in... Uh, the sick, the late sixties in Japan and stuff like that. You, uh, you, you are not really focused through the lens because it's primarily a coming of age, slice of life, you know, romantic triangle. You kind of think, but not really, but kind of, sort of, still. <laughs> and. Uh, it definitely still has one of my... It has a lot of great musical moments. Uh, and it certainly fights with uh, Hibike Euphonium for best presented musical instrument playing. Uh, and it has uh, uh, one of those... Uh, basically, I'll go back to the second half of episode seven, which is where they play the medley at the school festival. Uh, and it's one of my favorite musical moments and scenes in general. Whenever I'm feeling down, I will simply go back to that to feel better. Uh, and this is absolutely one of those things where it it is unfortunately affected by a bit of editing crunch. And... Uh, so I always say to people, please, even if you don't normally go read the manga, get the manga, read the manga for this, because there's more to the story that ended up getting crunched by the end, and it's all worthwhile parts of it, and it has some of the best epilogue chapters and uh, prequel chapters, some of it, because you get a bit about Dad and a bit about other people, and it it ends on such a soaring high that if you think the anime ends well, I mean, the manga is just a, a logarithmic scale higher by the end. So I always tell people to uh, 
to go pursue that as well. But uh, obviously, there is a, a Yoko Kano connection here. Uh, it is definitely... I don't count it as one of my favorite soundtracks because so much of it is actual jazz songs <laughs> that are like, well, <laughs> if you've listened to jazz, which I certainly have, uh, so that it's kind of like trying to count uh, Your Lie in April as a uh, favorite soundtrack because many of the big moments are simply classical music. Obviously, they have slightly different playing and, and uh, works for it, and they, of course, have their excellent background music as well. But uh, so I will, I will listen to it as an album. Uh, the the medley is one of my favorite just musical creations that they put together because they were jazzily combining a number of uh, songs and themes and bringing the characters together in uh, in an excellent way. It's such a formative moment. The whole the whole damn thing is is just a. An excellent feels tron uh, the whole way through. It's got your your great ups and downs. It's got a bit, you know, potentially too much melodrama for some people, but it it's one of those romances that I think is conveyed, maybe not in the most realistic of fashion, and maybe not in the most satisfying fashion for some people. But I think, as far as character and gender presentation for Japan in the 60s. It's probably pretty close to home. Uh, and it it's still it's still just very very much uh, compelling for the, the story that it's telling. And uh, and like I said, there's there's even more in the manga and uh, more specifically the the side chapters and the way it ends. So uh, uh, you, you gotta you gotta take the whole package on this one. But uh, even if you don't read manga, trust me on this. Grab grab all of the manga as well, or at least the uh, the parts that uh, aren't in the anime. But yeah, I wasn't getting out of here without mentioning it. This was another unavoidable for me. 20, 20, 2012 really only had two options that I could uh, give. <laughs> some differentiation there. So, uh, for my last pick, I'm gonna have to cheat a little bit because I made a mistake when I compiled my list. <laughs> okay. Originally, in this slot, I was going to mention Black Rock Shooter. Except for the problem huh. is that in 2012, it wasn't the OVA that came out. It was the TV series. And I just had a mental fart on that and blanked on that. And the fact is, is that I've never actually watched the Black Rock Shooter television series. So I can't really put it on my list. And you didn't. Uh, the original OVA was 2010. I don't. I think we talked lightly about it then, but we talked about everything yeah. during that that one so so instead i'm going to cheat just a little bit and i'm going to make my last choice the second season of fate zero ah okay yeah forgive me for cheating a little bit but like i said i made a mistake uh, so i'm having to cover it really that's, fast that, that's that's not a, a cheat that's a uh or, to, or is it a cheat? Did you mention that in 2011? I don't think I mentioned it in 2011. 
or, or honorable mention at any point? No, you you mentioned it in the uh, in the uh, what is it? The uh, Eroge yeah. cast. <laughs> or the the fate version. Yeah. So. Okay, that's, uh, I mean, there there wasn't any rule, Fate Zero, you know, stretched the gap between 2011 and 12. We already said there was no rule that meant you had to take when it started. And especially if, you know, the second core of it, because it skipped the season, if the second core of it, uh, what is it, was to you what, you know, brought it home for you, then all the more reason to have it in 2012. Yeah, Fate Zero still stands up as one of my favorite Fate series, if not my favorite Fate series. Uh, Unlimited Blade Works was fantastic, but Fate Zero was just an amazing tour de force from start to finish, and the second half really hammered that home with Kiritsugu's... Um, personal internal dilemma and his internal struggle with wanting to get the grail and wanting to protect others from getting the grail as well. I thought that it was just phenomenally well done. Jenner Abuchi really hit it out of the park with this one. Certainly, I feel that stamped his presence firmly that, I mean, Madoka Magica, you know, Obviously brought him in, but uh, to follow that immediately with, uh, with that, I get technically he wrote the light novels well before Madoka Magica, yeah. but I don't, you know, very few people would have read the novels compared to saw the anime when it uh, came mm -hmm. out. So that uh, that definitely made him a a how as household a name as writers are apt to be uh, i'll also say that uh the uh the the best uh uh saber quality saber scale figure comes from uh, fate zero the one where uh uh saber is on her motorcycle <laughs> it's uh an immensely strong one i i don't own it but i'm i'm gonna at some point, I'm gonna fold. I know I'm gonna. Don't, no one needs more sabers. There are way too many sabers out there to begin with, but this one is kind of a. It's kind of a thing. Yeah. So Fate Zero. That's my last pick. Uh, mostly, like I said, because of the incredibly strong second half, uh, which really. I thought that it was fascinating how if you're a fan of the fate franchise you already knew how the season was going to end and yet when it got there it still managed to just absolutely blow people away that is true that is true it's a, it's another thing that basically uh, i feel like put uh e on the map as well as far as a a studio goes i forget how much they had done previously but uh, we obviously started uh, doing stuff with Coyote Ragtime Show mm -hmm. uh, in Expanding Horizons. That that doesn't really feel ufotable <laughs> to me either. And I don't think it and like Ninja Nonsense and Futikoi Alternative are things that made people go, oh man, this studio, I love this. <laughs> but Fate Zero, Fate Zero immediately followed by Garden of Sinners is like, oh, Oh, I really like these guys. <laughs> Keep doing more. And they did. 
Yeah, I would honestly love to know what changed from early in the decade to 2011, 2012, when suddenly they're putting out amazing works like Fate Zero and Garden of Sinners. Yeah, it it feels like they had a... I guess they had they had some uh, OVAs and some weird stuff for a bit. I haven't even heard of Yuarakame, but uh, they did a, a Tales of Symphonia. They end up doing more Tales stuff in general, but it uh, they started with a, a bit of Tales. They got, had a bit of God Eater. Nothing feels distinctive. It almost feels like they developed their. Uh, digital processing technology somewhere between 2007 and then by 2011 they're like okay we got this shit down now uh what what's a real good action (laughs) series for for us to go crazy with and it's like oh fate zero done and then they've never come back at that point it's uh it's just a damn strong tour de force so yes certainly lots of Lots of love and lots of agreement, I imagine, about uh, Fate Zero. Uh, I don't know if you uh, cheated in in Discord and looked under the uh, spoiler tag, but if you want to uh, read off what what I was guessing you went with, and in fact, one or two then that you didn't put on your honorable mention that I'm I'm, uh, curious about, but... uh... Uh, so you guessed for me, SAO, Kamisama Kiss, Chunibyo, Polar Bear Cafe, and Dusk Maiden of Amnesia. Chunibyo and Dusk Maiden of Amnesia are series that I enjoyed, but didn't love. I haven't gone back to them in a very long time. Chunibyo, I actually did revisit about a year or two ago, because I wanted to show it to my wife. Um, but yeah... It just, neither series has really stood up well in the test of time for me. They haven't aged particularly well. So, yeah, I just couldn't fit them on either of my lists. Gotcha. I figured Jormungan probably wouldn't. It, it was worth a, uh, a uh, what is it, a difficult alphabet mention, but uh, it was a possibility. I think this was the year for for Jormungand uh, as well. But uh, I had originally put another on that list and pulled it off thinking, oh, okay, this. I had originally thought for a bit of difference that you might put uh, Wooser's Hand of Mouth Life on it as well. I absolutely Uh, loved that show back in the day. I know. How how did it skip an honorable mention? Did you you, uh, just not notice it or is it uh does it not hold up over time like it was uh, like really cute and fun at the time but it's not something that i've ever gone back to or hold up as you know a shining beacon example of this is supreme anime comedy at its finest it was just a silly little short that i enjoyed were there any uh any things that uh, you recall going through or going over that you are surprised I didn't list? I'm actually surprised you didn't uh, honorable mention Excel World. I was afraid you were going to end with that. Excel World, I didn't really like. 
I watched, yeah, Ooh. I watched about 14 episodes of it. I didn't get into it. I tried. I wanted to like it because it's from the same author as Sword Art Online. Uh, but yeah. after 14 episodes, I was just done. And I haven't gone back to it since. But yeah, like like I said, were there were there any that uh, you thought I might have or were surprised I didn't mention? Um, not really. You pretty much hit everyone that I expected you to. Uh, even I wasn't expecting girls on Pounzer, so that was a little surprising. Like like I said, I was trying to space it out. It. Ultimately, I probably would have put, uh, you know, Hyoka and a woman called Fujiko Mine on my list if I were building just a, these are my tops from 2012, but I wanted, I wanted to broaden and I wanted to mention a few things and uh, I'll, I'll probably have not an enormous number of uh, opportunities to cute girls doing uh, cute tanker. Yeah. See the C C G C D T. Same acronym. Uh, <laughs> or initialism. There are others uh, of others that are sort of things I feel like I should have mentioned. Shinsekai Yori was uh, twenty twelve, I believe, but that's another of my pile yeah, of Yeah, I'm a little surprised you didn't mention Pet Girl Sakura so. That's uh, that's one that I've had around, but never uh, never delved into. Oh, okay. So I wasn't uh, I wasn't sure it would be the kind of rom com for me, but enough people have have liked it enough that I I will yield at some point. But it, it's hard for me to just go back to certain things for rom communists. So because it's uh, I guess it has a manga. I know it's light novel based but uh i guess it has manga as well so maybe if i want to rip through it a lot quicker i i could do that instead of the anime so but, did uh, you have any others that you wanted to bring up before we sign off nah nah i mean that was the reason to try to keep it down a little more and try to restrict ourselves if I, i'll have a much Easier time, I think of it in other years. Twenty twelve got a got a bit away from me, for uh, for for reasons that uh, I believe we have elucidated. Yeah. So, all right, let's go ahead. Let's wrap it up there. Thank you, CT, for joining me for another fun discussion. Thanks for also joining me and having a fun discussion. Technically, it was a co-discussion. <laughs> So, and thank you to all of you for listening to us ramble for the last hour and a half. Uh, please keep in mind, if you enjoy our works and you want to help support us, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash otaku review. Uh, that is where the episodes will go up first. Um, and then they go on to major podcast providers a few days after that. If you also want to help us out, please feel free to like, share, and subscribe. Uh, and other than that, we will talk to you all again very soon. So have a good night, everybody. Night, folks.